0: Beautiful. So let me tell you a story. Is anybody shocked that I want to tell you a story? (laughs) No. I love stories. I think the universe is made of stories. I don't care what the scientists say. This story is from the Hebrew scriptures. It's from Genesis 16. And it's a story about power. You'll see that we started our year with A month on faith, a month on strength, a month on wisdom, love, and now we're on power. And I think you all have your own superpower, right? Your own superhero inside of you. Isn't that one of the exercises you did recently? So we're talking about power, and I immediately, when I heard that this was a theme this month, my my brain turned to this story, because this is a story from Genesis 16 involving Sarah, Abraham, Hagar, and their child, Ishmael. Sarah couldn't have kids. Do you remember this part of the story, if you're part of the Christian or Jewish tradition? Sarah could bear Abraham no children. We know that that's a stressful place to begin, right? We can feel some solidarity with Sarah in that. So she has an Egyptian slave girl whose name was Hagar, and Sarah said to Abraham, Sarah says, "'You see that the Lord has prevented me from having kids.'" Well, there's Hagar. Maybe she could have a kid, and I would take it. So already we're in difficult waters, right? This is, not, this, is not pleasant. this is not a pleasant story. Hagar is going to have a child that she doesn't want to with a man who owns her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abraham had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her slave girl, and gave her to her husband Abraham as a a wife. He went into Hagar, she conceived, and when she saw she conceived, she looked at contempt on Sarah. And Sarah has a hissy fit. That's the new Roger version. Sarah has a hissy fit. And Sarah looks on her and says, I don't know what to do with you. And she goes um, to Abraham and says, look, may the wrong done to me be on you. And Abraham says, uh, I, got, I got nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what Abraham says. It's, it's not in the text, but that's what he says. You know, why are you looking at me? I got nothing. And um, he's like, you're a slave girl. You do with her as you wish. And Sarah makes her life miserable, and Hagar flees to the desert. With her baby Ishmael, and um, she flees to the desert. And it says, just like that, she ran away from Sarah. And the next thing is, the angel of the Lord appeared to her, found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, and the angel said, Hagar, where have you come from, and where are you going? Right, a natural question if you see a woman in uh, in the in the middle of the the wilderness. I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. And the angel said, return, return to your mistress. So that's not great. But it wasn't sustainable for Sarah to be there, right? And so she does. But the angel keeps going. I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude, And the angel of the Lord said to her, now you've conceived, and you shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has given heed to your affliction. Hagar is a woman of African descent, a slave, without power, without a voice, without authority, without anything, and God hears her cry. This story has been of such importance to um, black feminist theologians, mostly. Because in their struggle, in their exclusion, in their marginalization, they see that God hears the voice of the one who doesn't count, right? the one who is powerless. My favorite verse in the whole Bible comes next He shall be a wild ass of a man. And then, it's amazing, the next thing that happens is she names God. This woman, without power, without authority, without a voice, without counting, says, Oh, you're Elroy. Your name name is Elroy. And I've seen God, and I am not dead. So you can see how people who live on the margins find this very appealing, right? Right? I was talking to somebody. I have a little brown bag on Thursdays. The next time I'll have it is before I preach on June 1st where anybody can come and have lunch with me and we talk about the reading for the, for the next Sunday. And I was talking to somebody and um, he said, I take that to mean that Hagar saw that the situation was untenable, not sustainable, and encountered herself. And when she encountered her deepest self, encountered her God. And then she goes back, and she makes a way out of no way, right? This is the phrase that black womenist theologians talk about. She made a way out of no way. She made a way out of no way. She named the Lord and said, have I really seen God and remained alive? She bore the son. The son was named Ishmael, and Abraham was 86 years old. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> not bad you know what i love about the story is that you can find yourself in that story who among us hasn't been like abraham i got nothing to do with this i wasn't i wasn't even there when it happened i don't know i have no power i have no you know he's indecisive he's like he's in the background there's no abraham to speak of That is the guy who holds all the power in this story, right? I mean, this is a patriarchal society. He can make things happen however he wants them to happen. He um, absconds. He absolves himself of responsibility. You might be Sarah. Sarah wants something so desperately. She wants something so badly that she's willing to do anything to get it. She uses her power in a way that doesn't seem very acceptable to us. Maybe you've felt like Hagar before. I mean, maybe you've felt like Hagar before. Without power, without influence, on the margins, don't count. Maybe you've felt like Ishmael, crying in the desert, unsure if he's going to live or die. What I love about this story, and what I want to leave you with in this story, is that everyone in this story, whether they're powerful or powerless, gets a blessing, right? Right? Does that make sense to everybody? Everybody gets a blessing. Abraham's Abraham. He's the daddy of Israel, right? He's a big man on campus. He gets a blessing. Sarah eventually gets her babies. Sarah eventually gets her babies. And Hagar births this wild ass of a man. Jews find this a powerful story. Christians find this a powerful story because out of that lineage will come Jesus, the way shower, the Christ, And Muslims count Ishmael as their patriarch. It's an important story across the board. But what I love about it is you can see yourself in there, right? And everyone, everyone gets a blessing. So you can see something about God too, right? You can see something about the nature of God. No one is outside the circle of God's compassion. No one is outside the circle of love. No one is outside the circle of justice and peace and comfort, and if it's true for God, it could be true for us because we're God expressing in the world, right? Yesterday, I um, was at the hospital. Some of you know I work as a, as a chaplain in addition to doing this work with young people. And late in the day, I met this woman whose kid is in Denver. She just had the baby on Thursday, and um, the, the baby had to be helicoptered to Denver because it's in it's in tough shape. But it looks OK. It looks like it's getting stronger. It looks like it's going to be OK. But the, the woman um, was feeling very impatient, as you can imagine. She was wanting to be by her child's side. Um, she wanted to get stronger so she could be released to go to Denver. right? And um, she, was in a, she was in a bad place. And I sat with her for 45 minutes. And I, and I talked to her and, and just held sacred space for her. And, um, and I went back to my office. And I, I came across the receptionist at the hospital. Her desk is right next to my office. And, um, and I told her I, I had been with this woman whose baby was up in Denver. She was like, oh, yeah, I've talked to the husband a few times. I know that case. She said, you tell her, you tell that mother, if you see her again, to not give up hope. You tell her to not give up hope. And I said, OK, I, I'll do that. I'll do that. What, 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 what's on your mind? And she said, 30 years ago, I had a child who was terribly disabled, terribly disabled. And there were so many things wrong with him. And one day we were in the hospital, and the doctor said to me, I'm, uh, you, your, your son is, is going to die. It might be tonight, but it's going to be within the week. And that receptionist said, looked at me, and she said, Chaplain, I slapped the doctor in the face. Oh. <laughs> How about that? And... I pray, and I, and I said, and now I'm going to go pray. Now I'm going to go pray. That's all she could do in that moment. I do not advise you slapping your doctor in the <laughs> face. But there was something about her. She was not going to give up hope. She was not going to give up on that child. And she, she did that, and then she went to pray. And she said, her son lived 30 years. And she learned so much about caring for him with all of his disabilities and all of his messiness that she basically became a CNA a certified nursing assistant, as a result of that. I tell you that story because as I sat with that mother, I felt powerless. I wanted to drive her to Denver and let her see her baby. I wanted to go and beg the doctors in Denver to make sure that baby lives. All I could do was hold sacred space for her. All I could do was pray with her and listen to her stories and listen to her tears and cry with her. And I did my part. But um, when, when that woman told me, you tell her never to give up hope, that was a moment of grace for me. And when she told me she slapped the doctor, that was a moment of grace for me. <laughs> In our powerlessness, there's still always hope. There's still always courage. Inside you is Abraham. Abraham. Sometimes you want to be indecisive. Inside you is Sarah. Sometimes you make a rash decision. Inside you is Hagar, voiceless, powerless. But if we can get them all sitting down, you'll remember that you have power. And the reason I told you that story about prayer is that I've been reading this Fillmore character, this (laughs) Fillmore guy who started this unity. And I believe strongly in my heart that when he talked about prayer, which was taking a large look at life and getting beyond those circumstances where it looks like it's hopeless and difficult. And he talked about prayer, you know, as looking at the big picture and elevating yourself a little bit. I believe that what he was saying was that when we make our life a prayer, when we make our whole life a prayer, that's when we live into our power. Blessings, friend. Thanks for your time.